Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 98, season, season 3 I believe this is now, the third season we are on, uh, it's the third year, and we are on episode 98. Eight, which is astonishing that we've made it this far. Yeah. I am joined, as always, by Thomas Bex and Laura Crest. So, happy new year to you guys, even though we've already been in contact since then. But how are you guys doing? We have. <laughs> I was going to say virtually. Virtually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we haven't met. I haven't met anyone in about a month, at least. <laughs> we're still this year. So, we, this episode, we're going to look back at the highlights of 2020. So that was our episode. Uh, will join us next week again. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because uh, 2020, I'm sure everyone would agree that it's probably a year that we might want to forget all of us. Mm. But there's one thing that still remains constant is that there were a lot of adventure games and all types of games that are released. A lot of good games are released that we are going to talk about. Yeah our highlights of our favorite games and our favorite adventure games of 2020 because uh, we had a bit more time last year <laughs> um, than normal. So we got through a lot of them. Um, and uh, so happy new year and happy Christmas. You guys have a good Christmas. It's, it's very good boring. as you can. It's <laughs> so average, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't boring. terrible. Go out anywhere, anywhere, mad, no, any parties. Really. Any- I <laughs> went from my bedroom to the kitchen. Ooh. Wow. I dressed up for it. Wow. You dressed to up? to the kitchen. Wow. <laughs> I had Christmas dinner, which I think was just beans and sausages or something. I didn't even <laughs> bother to do anything fancy. And then I went back up to my room again. Wow. So I, technically I went out for dinner. <laughs> Beautiful. More than me. Well, I, I went out um, back down home at, uh, in Wexford, where I got stuck in my first lockdown and where I'm stuck in my third lockdown. Um, so 2021 is, feels so far a little bit like 2020. You know? 2021? No, this is October. Th- this is December 43rd, right? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> you know, I wish we could go back to, let's say, 2011. Anybody remember what happened 2011? No. Exactly my point. that was a great year (laughs) it's a long time I still lived in the Netherlands yeah see we can't remember what happened so great year anyway um, we will be talking about our favourite adventure games uh, of 2020 because there were quite a few good games before we get to that I just had a little announcement to make that over the last few weeks as well I've been preparing myself because nobody asked for this but people are getting it anyway. <laughs> people, I'm sure once they know about it, they will want to hear about it. But if people are not sick of listening to my voice, and I can't imagine who would be, um, but you can listen to my voice uh, again because I started a second podcast. This podcast is called Shorsha Speaks Wit. Now, the, the link will be in these the show notes. Um, it's S-E-O-I-R-S-E Speaks Wit. And basically, this is a, like a mini-series podcast, just something that I started during our second lockdown for something to do that I managed to get some guests to talk about 
either. Uh, so basically, it's anyone uh, mostly who are not game developers. So I got actors and writers and other podcasters to talk about their podcasts or their books as well. And so it'll be 10 episodes, that's uh, 10 interviews. And the first interview is out now. And listeners to this podcast might be interested because my first guest is Rolf Saxon. I already spoke to Rolf Saxon about his time working for Broken Sword, but he has a career as well. He's done a few things. I don't know if you guys have heard of the movie Mission Is It Very Difficult, I believe, um, that he was in. Uh, oh, yeah, Mission Impossible, that's it. Um, he was in Mission Impossible. He was in Shape. Oops, saving Private Ryan. <laughs> shaving Private Ryan. Or Shaving that Private Ryan. That would be Shaving Ryan's privates. <laughs> Don't mix up That's what classes. you guys told me. You guys told me this before. Are you all right, Shush? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm never Was that a little right. joke there about Mission Impossible? Yes, but nobody laughed. None of you no, I, people listening I are laughing. I was dumbfounded. <laughs> uh, so Rolf spoke to me about uh, his time working on Mission Impossible, Saving Private Ryan, Poirot, working in a theater. So uh, if you want to listen to that, you can check it in the link in the show notes. And next Monday, so every Monday will be coming out next Monday, my second guest will be Steve Ince, who also worked on Broken Sword, but he's also written a few books. And he speaks about the books that he's written, which I, rec uh, which I recommend people check out as well. Uh, so uh, now back to this podcast. And... Um, First of all, first question I want to ask you guys before we get to the games is because 2020 was a difficult, challenging year with COVID and that, uh, do you guys think that COVID uh, had any effect at all on how we rated games or on our judgment of games at all, either positive or negative at all? Do you think the fact that we were inside a lot or do you think the fact that what is going on outside is a very challenging circumstance? Do you think that had any effect on, a, on the way we judged games or the way we enjoyed games or not, either positive or negative, or did it have any effect at all? I don't think it had much of an effect on the way we judge games, but I think it had an effect on the sort, maybe the type of games we played. Things like Among Us became very popular mm. because of it being a way to connect with friends. So I think there were a lot more games like that like jackbox games and maybe lots of community games that maybe people would play but not as much like among us obviously we came out in 2018 but suddenly in 2020 during the pandemic it became really popular because it has you know is it the, a, a good way of sort of playing with friends and having fun without you know being able to see them um i don't know in terms of judging i mean i think you know, if games were bad, people would still say they were bad. But I think um, people were playing more games, probably, mm -hmm. because there's just, again, there's not much else to do. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I think, um, yeah, there, there, were, there were more games than ever. I think people were, were, more people were playing them. But I don't think necessarily, unless perhaps the only thing I can think of is, is maybe sort of more, like, I'm trying to think if if there were sort of maybe more sort of miserable games that people played less of because like for example Animal Crossing which is not a miserable game is a very sort of sunshine very happy game that was very popular because I think people wanted a break from what was going on and to be able to sort of get away from it all it had it did so well for Nintendo because of that so that's the only thing I can think of where maybe people played games differently than they would have perhaps I don't know what you think Thomas for me, it was mostly the year of the incredibly long games. 
I don't think I've ever had a year where I played so many games that were so uh, so long, like uh, 40 hours into Last of Us 2, 50 hours into Desperados 3, uh, 30 hours. And it was all, for me, it was a lot of incredibly long games. Um, I'm not entirely sure if that is tied to the pandemic year. Um, that could have been just a coincidence. Uh, it's, it's also not a positive or a negative thing. It's, it's just, it just is. Um, but I also um, uh, noticed that I, I went more extreme. Like I played some very long games and some very short games, but not that many games that were in between. So my games were usually either more than 15 mm. hours or uh, less than uh, three, something like that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Everything, everything seems weird in this year. Uh, yeah. so it could, could very well be that uh, if this had been a normal year, I, I, I took account. I played about 20 adventure games plus a load of other games. Yeah. That sounds yeah. quite normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I played about, one, any about one every two weeks. Yeah, from the list that I have, I played about um, 35 games. And some of them were very short. Yeah, and um, I, I played think, a lot of long games, so... Yeah, so I don't think any of them were as long as uh, any of the games you played, Thomas, or you, Laura, as well. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I guess as well, like, maybe the, uh, the games that we chose to play, as you mentioned, Laura, Among Us, I think the, because of the pandemic, it's become really popular. Uh, now, I, I actually started playing A Plague Tale Innocence at the very beginning of the pandemic. And now, you know, great timing, I know. Mm -hmm. uh, I suppose, you know, but looking through the list, I haven't really played a huge amount of comedy games because I thought I would have played more. But I think you probably, I probably myself, uh, I probably appreciated them as well. Like, oh, great, this game makes me laugh. <laughs> and I yeah. need to laugh this year. But I've also played, like I said, I still enjoyed, um, you know, these dark games as well and uh, some horror games as well. So I don't think the pandemic had a huge effect on my own judgment as well but i know that you know just, i was just curious to know if it had on the two of you um but yeah i think more on the type of games we play like among us you know that community games because we couldn't go out we couldn't meet people or we can't meet people face to face so that was a good way to keep in touch so yeah well it, it was um interesting because mm. it it was the first time i played a, a co-op adventure game <laughs> what among us no Oh, you yes. Been, I played it with was, you. Yes, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you trying to say Among Us is an adventure game? No, Among Us is not yes, an adventure game. Yes. Although there's plenty of pointing and clicking. There's there is under tasks. Game. Yes, that, and that was a great experience, wasn't it, Thomas? Yeah, TikTok <laughs> until for two. So, so I'm good sad that you we, didn't stream that. Yes, we can do that. Well, we were, no, but none of us were streaming. We weren't streaming at then. that time. But yeah, next time we do, we can, uh, we can stream. We can have um, people watch a two stream. We should do that. Do a stream. Um, yeah, we can play it again. Yeah, or there's another game when we were where anyway. There's another. We can talk about it off, offline. <laughs> anyway, we should probably move on. And that is that is also something that is completely new because we all started streaming games this year. Yeah, we That's all true. did. We're not That's doing true. that. And um, and we actually I did play a long game called Beautiful Desolation. Remember we played that? That was this year. Yeah, that's a long that we time played. ago. Yeah, I, I I I noticed that too. Yeah, when I was looking at the games I played. Oh, did I play that this year? <laughs> that was also, that was also like a twenty-hour game. Yeah, and uh, and I played Timbleweed Park at the very beginning of the year, which seems like so long ago now. 
Um, so anyway, let's get to the game. So before yes. we start talking about our favorite adventure games, uh, I know especially the two of you, and we've already mentioned Among Us, but I know especially you, Laura and Thomas, that you play quite a few other types of games which have adventure games elements. I know there's a bit of discussion between the three of us. Are they actually adventure games? Because it could be an argument that some of these could be, or at least narrative-based games, but they definitely have adventure game elements. Um, but probably are not traditional adventure games. Uh, some are very big games. There's one particular that I'm thinking of. But I'll wait uh, to hear what you guys um, say. So uh, who wants to start? Uh, Laura, do you want to? Yeah, sure. I, any... just had, I had a quick count there, and I think... Oh, yes, how many games counting have you very short, <laughs> Counting very short games, um, but not demos, just in my Steam. I think I probably played about 45 games this year. Well, I mean, you that includes are the... not finishing them. That includes playing them but not finishing. Some of them I've played but not finished. Okay, because you streamed yeah. quite a few games. Oh, yeah, demos. Uh, I played. Well, I've not counted demos. demos. I played thirty-four demos yeah, this year. Wow. If I wow. count demos, then uh, I'll have then to add like yeah. another twenty or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because <laughs> there's lots of demos, but not counting Although, demos. About I must say, I never used to play demos. I started playing yeah, demos yeah, a lot. Uh, through that uh, one of the Steam sales uh, things, um, and that that's when uh, I think it was about the time that you started streaming those demos. Mm. Um, yes, and when I discovered yes, one of my, uh, one of my yeah, and then and that was for me. Uh, uh, I, I started playing more demos since then. I, I noticed that it's a fun way of getting to know certain games, but also like if you want to play like a short thing for an hour, that is still interesting. Mm. Definitely, because they helped you decide on which games to play. Then you play some games based on uh, the demos. Yeah. Then, <laughs> so uh, Thomas, uh, yeah, I bought games based on demos. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. Um, sorry, so, I just because uh, I no, just no, no, no. Bit, I just thought I, I, meant, I meant to ask so you actually. I was so. interested, <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, uh, in terms of non-adventure games or non-traditional I mean, it, adventure yeah, games, non-traditional. Games. <laughs> oh, it's it's okay, it's okay. it's too bad that this coalition came out last year. Otherwise, that would have been because I I, I started yeah. playing it last year. It's it's hard to know because Finished that's it this year. Yeah, yeah, not a forty-hour game. I yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, so non-traditional adventure game, it it's you can, probably got to be um, the the Last of Us two because right. that, I I just felt that really had an excellent story, um, surprising story, um, really well implemented uh, action elements. It was it is a long game, but I you know I I, I for the most part. Um, it kind of made sense being that length. I, I do feel like near the end there were some bits they needed to chop out, but for the most part, yeah, really, just I thought they built on uh, the the first game and really made it its own kind of a thing. It didn't feel like it was, you know, t- t- you know, just an add-on tacked on or anything that you know. And um, it, it was really interesting where they went with it. I think. Not everyone agreed with the way they did things, but um, they put it know, mildly. <laughs> yeah, to put it mildly, but you know they were ambitious and they decided that's what they were going to do, and they stuck with it. And I think it works for me. And I just think the whole story and was implemented really well with the action. And yeah, it was just a very enjoyable game and a game that you remember from from last year. So that's why I think it would definitely be my top uh, non-traditional adventure game. Yeah, it's, an, it's an action adventure game. Yeah. yeah, so Thomas, you played uh, Last of Us Part 2 as well, because I watched yeah. it on YouTube, but the two yes, of you, you played it. Yes, you watched it, didn't you? Yeah. So yeah. what was your, because uh, what was your, I know, you know, was your opinion slightly different at the time of playing, but ha- since then, 
I um, have a very your... weird experience <laughs> with uh, Last of Us 2 because um, when I played it, I uh, and especially when I finished it, I had so many emotions mm. that I didn't really know what to do with. I was incredibly angry with the game. Um, I was disappointed, but not because it was bad or anything, but um, I'm, not, I'm not even know why anymore exactly. I, I remember uh, telling Scott, like, this, this game is not going to make my top 10 of the year. I was really mad with the game. And that all changed the, the, uh, when I moved further away from the game. Um, my feelings about the game changed. And I think being so mad at the game and not for the reasons that most people were mad at the game. I was mad at the game for making me do things that I didn't right. want to do. And if you want to know why and what, then please <laughs> listen to our uh, two spoiler specials yeah, we that have, we did uh, about yeah. this. Yeah, we um, we we, we I have. Get, wait, I felt like that as oh, well. So I, understand, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now we so, have uh, we have reviewed this. Sorry, we have reviewed this game in more detail, non-spoilers. We also did not one but two spoilers, but well, part one and part two. So even though it's not an adventure game, we did spend a lot of time this year talking about it because yeah, I think it because the, the story it's, was the story was exactly. so strong, and I had played uh, Last of Us one. Like right before. I think right before that, around uh, Easter. Yeah, I, I I played that on the Easter weekend. It took me three days to complete. I just that was that was an experience I seldom had with uh, mm. with with video games. Like that that game just that story dragged me in and didn't let me go until I finished it. So for me, the whole experience for Last of Us One was also very fresh. So maybe that has also influenced my uh, experience of Last of Us Two. It is one of the few. I played it on PlayStation and I bought it on release and I never buy PlayStation mm. games on release unless there is something special about them. But The Last of Us 2 was a game that I wanted to... I didn't course, feel yeah. I could wait that till I wanted to play it. And it also sucked me in. But Last of Us 2 was more a game that I didn't like playing, but I did like having played it, <laughs> if you catch my drift. Yeah, that, that's a great way to... Yeah, just like, just like people say, I don't like writing, but I like having written. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't like playing it, but I I love that I that I that I have played and finished it, and there was some. Uh, yeah, there was some. Uh, it was it was an experience, and I do really hope there will be a part three in the future. I believe there probably will be at some point in the future, but yeah, as as I mentioned, I haven't. I didn't play it because I don't own a PS4. I have a PS2, but I don't go to work on that, and um, but. Having watched it as well, it was still a great experience. Obviously, it'd be better to play it, but even watching it and story-wise, then it's you know it was incredible without spoiling anything. How our opinions change of different characters. You know, there's some characters who we hate at the beginning, and then, well, we probably change our opinions of them as the game goes on, and then characters who we like at the beginning and our opinions maybe change. And again, there was quite a reaction online. I mean, people overreacted shall we say you know hugely they they even sent death threats to the director and writer and yeah. the actor which is completely baffling to me over bloody video game um but i think also like our own reaction to people's reactions shows because i think the director um knew that it was going to be divisive um but they you know they took some risks with storytelling and likewise i 
with you, Laura. I think that uh, overall it did work. It was a little bit too long having watched it. I was thinking, okay, maybe they could have cut this part out. Yeah, there were some basic issues. Yeah, and also it relied on notes to handily had uh, combinations on them. I was like, really? <laughs> People leave combinations <laughs> on notes, but I know it's a video game trope. But now overall, it was uh, definitely one of the. I think, even though I haven't played it, one of the best video games from what I could see have on YouTube. Um, but interestingly, at the Game Awards, Ghost of Tsushima won the, the Player's Award, or the Player's Choice. And I think overall, I read that Hades was a game that won more awards than The Last of Us or something. So still, um, you know, not everyone agreed, but, you know, still, I think it's probably the most talked about game this year. I, I prefer a game that uh, takes big swings. Mm and takes risks than a game that is uh, designed by committee to trying to please everyone. Exactly. So I think definitely Last of Us Part 2 is one such game. And uh, Thomas, you mentioned you played some long games, not all of them adventure games. Uh, are yeah. there any games, any non-traditional adventure games that you played that uh, you think people should uh, hear about? Or that you oh recommend? yeah, absolutely. Desperados 3 was uh, oh, yes. fantastic. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, it is a uh, semi-real-time strategy game. As in, um, the action happens real time, but you can pause the game and give commands and stuff. It, it's uh, the third, um, uh, technically the third, uh, the third one in the Desperados games, where you uh, play, um, yeah, an outlaw who is uh, looking for revenge on someone who killed his father, and you meet up and team up with several other characters. So you start out with uh, in the first mission you start out with with yourself and 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 uh, one other character, and you all have to, you have to uh, yeah get through these missions missions and you have these special skills, um, and it's you have to basically survive. It's it's isometric, um, like you one has uh, the ability to to. Is a is a sharp shooter, is a sniper. The other is a voodoo queen. You have a, a, a huge Mexican guy who can who can carry multiple people at once, and and the the it's basically you get dropped in a in a mission. You see all these enemies, and you have to figure out how to kill them, or how or you could also not kill them. Uh, how to take them out and get to the the point where you need to go. And I loved it. I uh, spent 50 hours playing it, and I haven't even touched the the, the free DLC yet. They released wow. <laughs> 50 <laughs> hours, wow, four or five wow, new wow. missions. Sounds yeah, but like a long. <laughs> but... It can probably be done quicker. But I love taking my time with this game. Yeah. I love just mm, of course. Um, you're constantly saving and qu quick saving and quick loading because things go wrong very quickly, and then you just uh, quick load again and you you try again or you you think of a new way. It was really challenging. Uh, the storyline was great. It was uh, 100% like the Western movies that I, I, I used to love. So it, it made me feel really, uh, for me, this was the best Western game I've ever played. So uh, oh. Would it be fair to say that this might be your favorite game of the year? Like not, you know, overall or? It might be my favorite game of the year, yeah. Okay, well, we'll get to our favorite adventure games, but... Uh, Desperados 3 sounds like definitely it's worth it. I haven't played it yet myself, but I'm tempted. <laughs> uh, it's just really, it it's really good. It looks good. It plays so uh, simple. Once you, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, the learning curve is very, is very, very nice. 
Okay, uh, not too you just learn as you play, and then a new character gets introduced, and they have like three or four new skills, which are very easy to learn. And that is just the, the fun bit. Like, uh, I sometimes forgot, like, oh, wait, I can also do it like this, or oh, I can also do it like this. Uh, like with the voodoo queen, you could control people, you could mind control people. And sometimes I forgot I could do that. So I was like, oh, why is it not working? Oh, wait, <laughs> I have way more skills to my, to my disposal than I'm using right now. So that was, that was fun. It's cool. just an incredibly fun game and trying to get, and it's, it's hard, but not yeah. impossible. Okay. Uh, no, that's, that's good to hear. And then there was probably another non-adventure game, very big game, very hyped, that was also talked about a lot, probably for all the wrong reasons, uh, which is, of course, Cyberpunk. Uh, Laura, did you, you played a little bit of it, at least, didn't you? Do you have yeah, any... I, I still need to, like, properly but, play so, it, okay. really, but... We can, um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll, I'll probably what, save my review until I've probably... Were you able to play it, at least? Because I know yeah, that people say no that bugs, too. So, so I've heard I was that only as well. playing for I've, a few hours, so... I've knows? heard from other people that they didn't have any real issues with it, and now, were you playing the PC version? PS4. Oh, PS4, because I've heard the console mm. version was the one that was... Yeah, and I don't doubt, I'm not saying there definitely have been issues mm. <laughs> for it. And I had some very small bugs, but nothing that caused the game to crash or anything. Um, to be honest, I'm going to wait now until the um, patches, sure. till like a bug comes uh, out. Uh, not a bug, a patch comes out <laughs> for the bug. The well. bugs have already come out many <laughs> times before. There. But yeah, um, I'll wait for the patches, I think, because there's plenty of other games to be getting on with. Definitely, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, so plenty of non-adventure games as well. Probably the one non-adventure game that I've played, apart from Among Us, which came out two years ago, was um, a game called Teenage Blub, <laughs> which I reviewed uh, myself at the midway through the year. So basically you play as a blob and you have to go to a concert. And they, uh, it's partnered, I believe, with a punk rock band, uh, so you get some exclusive music from the... I can't remember the name of the band. I'll have to double check. But I really liked it. I really liked the music. I'm not usually into punk rock, but I love the music. Love the band. And this game was very short, about an hour. But it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to, to uh, help him, you know, earn money or her. Uh, earn money to go to a concert and you go to the concert. So very simple, very short, but uh, a lot of fun. And uh, okay, so now getting to adventure games. Um, so we, before we get to our top three favorite adventure games, uh, one, game, one category I wanted to discuss very briefly is our favorite comedy adventure game. Because there were a few, maybe not a huge amount, that we played. Um, but uh, uh, Thomas, because I know you play maybe one or two. Com- Did you play many comedy adventure games this yeah, year? Yeah, I was thinking that. I played Edna and Harvey, the breakout, the anniversary edition, which could, which is, could be considered uh, a comedy yeah. game, even though it's had dark it humor. heavy, uh, <laughs> some dark humor in there. And some heavy topics. Um, uh, Willie Morgan and the Curse of Bone Town was quite oh, comedic. Yes. <laughs> Leisure Suit Larry Wet Dreams Strike Twice is very comedic. Nine Witches was comedic. Uh, the Hand of Glory was could also yeah. be considered semi-comedic. Uh, uh, and Dude, Where's My Beer? Definitely. So yeah, I played quite a few. I was a bit surprised by that, uh, <laughs> by how many I played, uh, actually. Yeah. And does any one of those games strike you above all else? Or, or oh, they're all they great all... games. But the one, the, the one that, that, that I thought was the most funny was uh, Let's Just Larry Wet Dreams Dry Twice. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking you were yeah. going to go there, <laughs> uh, which you reviewed. So, um, which is it's kind of interesting because 
Larry, Leaf Suit Larry is a, you know, womanizer in that, but, um, and still they, you know, make a game from, you know, out of him in 2020 or 2021 now. Uh, and it still, still works. He still found it funny. You, you know, did, did you find that, uh, you know, do you think that it was maybe outdated in any way or do you think it is, you know, offensive? No, no, because the game they... is not outdated. The character is out, right. outdated, okay. but the game itself is not. And they, uh, they played with that a lot in the first one, in the first Legend of Larry. Um, and, and, but in the second second Legend of Larry, they played way more with, uh, they made it kind of a spy thriller spoof. Um, so they took a lot of humor from there. And uh, the game, it looks really great. I love the, the, the cartoon style they, they went mm. with. Uh, not every joke lands, but most of them do. And there were some very cringy moments as well, uh, especially since I was live streaming the game. And there were some <laughs> things happening that I was like, Ooh. but uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. That was also a long game. I played 16 hours and I checked and the first game was also 16 hours for me. So at least I'm consistent. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was uh, was good. It was very good, and I hope they uh, get to make a third part. Yeah, no, it's great because there have been some truly terrible Larry games ever since Al Lowe stopped making them. Uh, so it's good to see that it's you know, shall I say, back on form. Uh, good old Larry back there. <laughs> um, and Laura, because you played a few comedy adventure games this year as well. I think maybe towards the beginning of the year you played some comedy games that were really good, but hmm. or. Uh, uh, well, any that's, that struck you? Yeah, for me, I was going to say uh, Procession to Calvary. I that's think. what I was thinking as well. I haven't yeah. played it myself yet. but uh, Which is a really great uh, game taught for, but by uh, Joe Richardson. Um, very much in the sort of vein of Monty Python type of humor um, set during the Renaissance. And it's all kind of made up of Renaissance paintings as well. So it does actually look really good as well as being very funny. But the humor is very silly. I mean, the, the whole idea as well that you can just, you can basically just kill your way through. Uh, you, you, you don't did, have believe, to. <laughs> yes, yeah, which I did first just to see what would happen. Um, there's there's different endings. Uh, it's quite it's a reasonably short game. But then obviously there's like the, the more adventure style um, uh, playthrough. But it's just funny that you could just miss, you, you miss a lot if you do just uh, go and kill everybody. But it's just funny that that is an option and it just lets you do that uh, because you are basically this um, sort of, war mad murder mad um person who uh, is really upset that the holy war is over and you you're given this task to go and uh, do one final murder um but yeah it's i just thought it was a really good sort of silly humor and that's just kind of what i needed really yes. for, for last year there's plenty of nonsense um and it's the jokes are pretty much all land i would say um but it is actually a really good adventure game as well and also like really the soundtrack is good it's uh it's lots of different classical music sort of in fitting mm. with the time but yeah I, I just thought it was a very solid uh well even more than solid it was an excellent sort of uh, point and click adventure game but yeah but very uh good sort of surreal uh comedy as well yeah, we've had some surreal Monty Python-esque comedy adventure games this year. Because another game that I played, the two of us played, was Lancelot's Hangover. Yes, which would have um, been my second um, yes. funny, funniest game, I, th I think, of the year. Yeah, because it's, um, it, it was, uh, you know, what does someone say? When someone is asked to describe it, they said, um, well, it's basically like the developer. Um, it's a John, John Pierre, or I should know his name, because <laughs> I interviewed him and I spoke to him at Adventure X. 
What's, uh, Jean, uh, yeah, Jean-Pierre Baptiste. Yes, that's yeah. it, Jean-Pierre. I'm so sorry, Jean-Pierre. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> um, but I did it for because, I mean, I don't know him that well, but after having, because especially me and you, Thomas, we spoke to him quite a bit at AdventureX, and then I interviewed him for over an hour, and I spoke to him for a few hours before then. And then I played his game, and from what I know of him, it does seem to be his kind of <laughs> sense of humor that shines through the game, and it's very, very funny. You know, there's... Uh, different kinds of, I mean, so, some of it is, is very silly, but then there are some, you know, witticisms as well and some, um, you know, some satire as well, you know, with the uh, American pop, <laughs> or was it the rap uh, musicians, which I thought was very funny. And then the king, or is it the, did the prince and prince of royal family from Belgium make an appearance? Yes, yeah, there's well? lots of different cameos and things. It's uh, got a similar people. kind of humor, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played Procession to Calvary, uh, but um, certainly I can, I can sense that they're too similar. It might be a good double bill. So that was one of them. Uh, also, is it Lair of the Clockwork Gods that you played? Yes, as well, yes. Which I've heard is also very funny. And, uh, but my favorite comedy adventure would probably be, let's see if you get the name right, Nick Bounty and the Dame with the Blue Chewed Shoe. Now, I really enjoy, also ep, um, 3 out of 10, the, the epic exclusive about, the game developers was also very funny. But Nick Bounty, again, it released at the beginning of the year. It's a sequel to and the first two Nick Bounty games, which were originally free uh, when they were released about 15 years ago now. Uh, from Mark Darren, who did work at Telltale. Obviously, Telltale, as we know, probably went under. So he started, went back to work on Nick Bounty. And it really is up to... You know, it was really great. First of all, the voice acting was great. You have a lot of voice actors from Telltale. Um, you know, the voice actor from Clementine and for Lee Everett and Sissy Jones is there as well. It gives a voice. And it's a very, very funny game. Again, there are a few puns. There are also, um, you know, character-related humor as well. And it's just a very, very funny game all the way through that it, you know, kind of, uh, kind of take, you know, takes a piss out of uh, noir movies, but not making fun of it. Not making fun of noir movies. They can tell that Mark Darry really enjoys and war movies as well and uh so i definitely recommend people check out nick bounty and the day with the bluetooth shoe which can be found on steam uh okay so then if we can remember because we mentioned we played a lot of demos uh are there any demos that particularly stood out for us or any games that we're looking forward to coming out in future based on demos that we have played um so thomas again we'll go back to you because um, I know you played a lot of demos, if you remember. <laughs> um, yeah, I played a ton of demos. Uh, <laughs> well, but, out of all the demos you played, was there any demos in particular that stood out to you? Yeah, I'm going to go several, but I'm going to go with one that is not out yet, but will be released this year, I hope. So the that demo's is, out, is it? The demo the dem is out, but the game oh. not, not yet. Uh, because the other demos that uh, impressed oh, me the most yeah. were uh, from the games that have uh, been released already. Um, Although I will talk the next episode about a few of the other demos I've played most recently. But uh, that is Clan Man 2. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so uh, it's the first act uh, of the, the uh, yeah, should I call it the first act? Prologue, maybe? Uh, prologue, prologue, I think, yeah. Yeah. The prologue of the new Clan Man, Clan Man game. Um, well, we loved the first Clan Man. Yes. Absolutely loved <laughs> it. It was, loved uh, it it was our favorite comedy adventure game of 2019. Yeah, that wasn't even uh, that wasn't even a competition there. Yeah, uh, it was, uh, and it came from nowhere because we it came out of nowhere. It was uh, a, a short game. I think it took like four or five hours to finish. 
and it just um, really hit home. And the uh, Clamman 2 demo showed that he's going in a new direction, very, very influenced by uh, Disco Elysium. Mm -hmm. So, and anything influenced by <laughs> Disco Elysium is, of course, uh, positive in my view, because yeah. that is one of the best games ever made. So, um, and I played the prologue, and it just made me really look forward to to the full game. I think uh, I think he's got a he's got a, a big hit on his hands. Yeah, no, I was concerned before I started playing because you mentioned Disco Elysium, but I was thinking, can he read it? You know, is it going to remind us too much of Disco Elysium? Is it going to try to copy Disco Elysium? Thankfully, he doesn't. What he does is, it's similar style, the way the dialogue and the writing is, but it's still Clam Man. So it's um, you know still it is short very much clam man medium. yeah so it's mainly the style and the way it looks but the, the way the writing is so it's not trying to copy Disco Elysium it's still clam man it's still the character kind of more I don't know if mature humor is the right word uh, I don't know if clam man has which you know matured a little bit now there is one or two not to have a problem but swearing a few times which he mentioned as well on this podcast uh, Martin did the developer that. Um, you know, you and but there's again, it's uh, it's very funny now. When I, you know, you it's called open mic and you have to become a comedian. Now, strangely enough, when I told the jokes in the game, none of them landed, nobody laughed. Can you guys believe yeah. that? So unrealistic, I think that was the most unrealistic part of that game. Tell apart him, from that, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I'm hilarious myself, you know, even if I wasn't hilarious in the game, but, you know. Well, I brought the, I brought the roof down when I played it, so oh, I, really? guess it, oh, I guess it's very realistic now. Uh -huh. so, mm. <laughs> um, no, it was an excellent demo. I really enjoyed it myself. Um, it was better than I thought it would be, uh, because it, it was hard to have some expectations mm. about it, uh, exactly for the reason that you, that you point out. And I played it, and I'm like, yeah, he manages to, because... The world of Clam Man is just bonkers, and Clam Man is 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 actually the straight guy yes. in, the, in the in the game, and um, yeah, he manages to take that feel of uh, of Disco Elysium and transplant it to the crazy world of Clam Man, because the, the, it's it's still a very very weird world. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, I look forward to revisiting it. Yes, no, I like how it kind of moves on with it as well. It introduces new things, so. Uh, that's Clam Man Open Mic, which is available for free on Steam and on itch.io, I believe, as well. Um, and so the full game will be released, hopefully released in 2021, maybe 2022. So I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, Laura, are there any demos that stood out for you? Yeah, I think for me, definitely Chinatown Detective Agency yes. um, was that, a yes. really excellent demo and very um well put together very uh, reasonably long for a demo it was about two hours i think because it was a yeah. prologue again and it was kind of day one of that but uh, that really impressed me um just for the sort of um the the gameplay the the, the graphics look great it, i like the kind of cyberpunk uh style um you know i know there's a lot of that about at the moment but it, it <laughs> definitely stood out in terms of doing that in a really cool way i like the fact that there's um, you know, to be this detective, there's a lot of like real life detective work you've got to do. You've got to be like searching uh, um, for different words and phrases and finding out in the real world. And that seems to help you out. But yeah, I think that just gave a really good um, 
peek at what the actual game is going to be, which is obviously what a demo is supposed to do. And it made me want to play it. So I think it did, even though I didn't necessarily play it all very well, but it did, it made me want to like, uh, well, look forward to the game that's coming out. I think it's this year. It's still planned. Yes, I think you're planning this year. this year. Yeah. I think we all kickstarted it, didn't we? Yes. Yep. Yeah, um, so looking for, and that, that demo was part of the reason why I did. Yeah, mm, yeah no. Oh, yeah, I kickstarted it way before that. I think we were at mm. the same uh, period, so I was very, very happy to see that demo was so good as it was. And I loved the whole element of having to look up stuff in real life, mm, yes. uh, too. So, yeah. So, no, I'm really looking forward to that as well. No, I, I really enjoyed the demo, and it's also, I believe, one of the inspirations is Carmen Sandiego. Yes, yeah, which I also loved some of those earlier games. So yeah. it, it ticked another box for me. And yeah, there was there was a lot going on in that demo, but it was all done very well. And, um, you know, it, it looked great as well. So yeah, re really looking forward to that one. Yeah. Um, well, as well as those, uh, very brief, some of those that I played, um, that games are coming out, I believe, this year, hopefully. Uh, Nine War Lives, uh, made in South Africa, but uh, again, another anthropomorphic adventure game well detective animals is the easier way to say it yeah. a demo i really enjoy i believe they've made some changes based on feedback as well and uh those developers are going to be appearing on this podcast as well in a few weeks and i believe it should be early 2021 the game might be released well we'll see if covid allows and uh, asylum is coming out hopefully we don't know yet but i really love the demo as well and also Forgotten Fields, which is from developer Arman Sindhu, who made uh, Rainswept. It is a different type of game. Played a demo, really enjoyed it. But probably the game, and also Siberia, the world before. And once I managed to get the demo working, uh, I really enjoyed it because Siberia 3 did not get the best reviews. I haven't played that yet. But Siberia, the world before, it looked really interesting and I enjoyed it. Again, not many puzzles in that demo, but I was really intrigued with the story and where it was going and certainly felt very relevant for these times as well. Um, so that should hopefully come out possibly this year. But my favorite demo, the demo that I take most, is Incantamentum. Ah, yes. yes. Um, it's a cloak and dagger game. I haven't, I, I've only played um, the terrible old man from these developers, but I really must play their other games because they've got great reviews. Uh, I know, Laura, you've played some of their games as well, which you really enjoy. But this one, yeah. I love the atmosphere. I love the story. I love the setting. And I love the build-up because we still didn't know too much about what was going on. It was very mysterious, very dark elements of horror. And I really want to know what happens. And I thought they did really, really well. Uh, the demo did exactly what it should have done, is uh, to make us excited. And those developers will also appear appearing on this podcast in a few weeks. Um, so, that. yes, so, um, so now, uh, before we can, we're top three ga adventure games, but then there were a number of adventure games that probably won't make our top three because now we, we've played quite a lot, but we haven't played every adventure game. Uh, there were a few games, I believe, that have got great reviews that none of us... How, about, how about we wait with that, with that so we don't spoil what is in the top three so people don't know okay okay so this game is not going to be in the top three so do you want to do top three favorite adventure games makes first? sense yeah let's just do, do that. that let's just do that now okay yeah sure we can do a top three favorite adventure games and then shout out to games okay yeah, yeah. makes sense 
Okay, so this is a revolution now started by Thomas and Laura. <laughs> now I go ahead. Yeah, so I can start with the top three adventure games then. So who, who will go first then? Or number three? You go uh, first, sure, sure. I go first. Off. Okay, I'll start off this time. So number three, my third favorite adventure game this year. And this is a surprise. It was a huge surprise to me. I did not expect this game to make it before I played it because I was turned off this game initially. But my number three adventure game of the year is Call of the Sea, <laughs> which I know the two of you played this first and the two of you enjoyed it. I was interested, but then the two of you in other reviews mentioned missed-style puzzles, and it turned me off because I, again, I understand a lot of people really enjoy the missed games, but I don't like those puzzles. Usually, Anyone listening to this podcast knows I don't like um, mist-style puzzles. Anyone uh, listening to this podcast knows we all don't like mist. No. Yes, three <laughs> yeah. of us. But it's a testament to the quality of this game, to how good at least I felt this game was, that it's my third favorite game of the year. Because there were a couple of other games, one in particular, which I will mention at the end of this episode, that I, I was thought for sure would be not only my top three, but for a long time was my number one, but didn't even make my top three list. Um, Call of the Sea, it has... Almost a perfect balance of adventure games, good adventure games. It has a compelling story. So you reviewed this, Laura, a few weeks ago, so I won't go to... Also believe the less you know about this game, the better mm, the story. For sure. Um, so because it goes into, it, it's, it goes into some wild directions. It's, uh, so it starts off, you, uh, I forget the name of the character you play, but you play as this girl who... Nora. Nora, thank you, Thomas, who has some black spots on her body, who has like disease and she's very tired and she doesn't know what's happening so her husband then goes to the other end of the world to this island in the, you know polynesia i believe to try and find a cure here's a possible cure there but she doesn't hear back from her so she sets out in search of him and you arrive on the island and that's as far as we're going to go because it does take some very interesting uh turns uh, but as well as the story it has exploration some people call this a walking simulator I don't think so because of the puzzle, which I'll talk about now, but you, you do have the exploration aspect, you know, so you walk through the island, which I really loved, um, that you just, and also the locations are very different, they're very varied, the developers have really gone out of the way to make the different locations on the island as interesting and as different as possible. And uh, then you find out, you know, some notes from, you know, and you find out more about the story of the other people who are on the island and to your husband and his team, you know, what happened to them. And I was really invested. And then the puzzles, because, you know, I love Firewatch and Gone Home, but I know people say they don't like those games because there's no puzzles, which, you know, fair enough. But this game does have puzzles. And yes, they are kind of mist type puzzles. They are logic puzzles, but there's a difference. Um, so mist, you know, I've only played the first 10 minutes. I was completely lost. Uh, but this game, even though the puzzles are challenging, they are very challenging, but the game does, it doesn't hold your hand, but it does help you. So Nora has a journal and any important thing that she sees, any important symbols or notes, she writes down in the journal. So the player doesn't have to take down any note if they don't want to. And so when you're on the puzzle, you can look through the journal and see, get the hints there. And it, should be possible for any experience adventure to eventually get it. Now, I did use a walkthrough myself a few times, but that was mainly to not resolve it, to try and, you know, put me in the right direction. 
And, but which, because at first I was like, I'm using a walkthrough for all the puzzles. But then I was like, I think I could maybe do these. And if I say that, then almost anybody can. Now, I did use a walkthrough, I think, for one or two of them that I found quite challenging. But there was never really any time that I was completely and utterly lost. Um, I played, as I said, Myst and Schism, which is another very difficult Myst-style style game. Uh, but this game, the puzzles, they, you know, they, they did make sense and you do have some help as well, which I know some people mightn't like, but hey, you can still take notes yourself if you want to. And, uh, and then the voice acting from Sissy Jones was amazing. I thought she was American, but she has an amazing British accent. Maybe, Laura, you can, uh, <laughs> uh, you, can, you can tell us as well. And the graphics I loved. And it's just, now, it's probably not perfect, you know, I think... Um, the direction it goes in, I without you know, not going to give anything away, but my side concern would be unless you uh, are really aware of this writer's work, you might be very confused. Now, it's Lovecraftian. Us, you can yeah. just say that it's Lovecraftian. Oh, it's, Lovecraft, it's a Lovecraftian game. Yeah, heavily that? influenced by Lovecraft. Okay, so, so which is can... which is the appeal of this game for okay. many many people? But if you've never played anything Lovecraftian, you will still oh, find still this good. game yes. uh, very intriguing. Yes. Okay. And uh, I love the, you know, the graphics now, but again, if you've, you know, you might be a little bit confused, like what at the end, but you know, at least I wasn't, but then also as you mentioned Laura as well, that the game does rely on, you know, notes, which amazingly didn't blow away when there are storms, <laughs> you know, you have ships rocking back and forth, but the notes didn't uh, fly from the table, you know, um, you know, we're not going to, <laughs> it's just I, go with it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I did really, really like it. And I'd never thought I would because it's a first person exploration game with, you know, logic, missile puzzles. And it's my third favorite game, adventure game of the year. But let's be honest, Sersha, we, we all know why you really love this game. Why, Thomas? Because you can save at any <laughs> point. <laughs> yes. That is another thing I forgot to mention. Uh... Yes. You have manual saves. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to go on to, there will be some games that I'll probably mention later on that uh, do have this issue, but this game you can save at any point with manual saves, and that's another, it's turned out to be a big, big plus this year. <laughs> um, so yeah, my third favorite adventure game of the year is Call of the Sea. So, who wants to go next? <laughs> We've planned this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm happy to, so, to Lola, go next. So, yeah, so your third favorite adventure game of the year is? Uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, there is no game. Uh, wrong okay. dimension. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. We you need have a game mention, here. Yeah, you need to mention need the a game, game here. Oh, that, oh, that, that doesn't count. Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> that's, uh, which I played quite late in the year. Um, so I've not really reviewed this or anything before, but... Um, very interesting uh, game, this very, very meta, but surprisingly still enjoyable because I know sometimes, you know, meta games, they can be a little bit too much, you know, in your face. You're like, yeah, okay, we, we get what you're trying to do. But this was so incredibly meta, it sort of worked. And it, it basically, it, it is a point and click adventure. It is a comedy adventure as well, I would say for sure. Yes. And the di the idea is you are the player, there is a narrator and the narrator is trying to tell you there isn't a game, but you have to use it. It's a bit like, I don't know if you ever played something like the Impossible Quiz, which was very much, you have to pick up features that are on the screen and sort of do things with them to change the way the game plays. And, and this works in the same way in, in that, that you mess with the very items, like the sort of HUD display itself to, to make the game work. So I'm trying to think of an example like, uh, like in an adventure game normally there's like lips you know like which means to talk but that you can use to like lick a stamp 
um, and then that stamp can be stuck somewhere on the screen. And it, it, the idea is like you're just thinking out the box all the time, and it's incredibly inventive um, as a game, uh, and very funny as well. I would say um, there's loads of like fourth wall moments. It's it's full mm-hmm. of like meta references, but also just really funny in the way it decides to do things. Like there's a whole sequence with credit features where you ha- you keep changing names uh into different things and then that changes the credits credit sequence uh, it's really it's quite hard to it's... explain as a game because you don't really want to give away the sort of exciting moments but it, it goes through rpgs and it spoofs rpgs a little bit in quite a funny way um it goes through sort of a, a traditional adventure games with like sherlock holmes um and it, it's just incredibly i thought well thought through the only reason it's not higher up is uh, there's a there's a few reasons. I found the narrator got a little bit annoying sometimes. We, the narrator talks quite a lot to you as you're going about the game and sometimes will kind of um, give you hints for like puzzles that you're in the middle of solving. You're like, oh, I don't need to, you know, you didn't need to tell me this. I know Shosha maybe didn't enjoy that you, you can't uh, um, save manually as well. I don't know if that was uh, maybe an issue for you, but I didn't find that too much an issue because yeah. there were enough point checkpoints so that it didn't really matter as much. Yeah, I think um, it's, yeah, sorry to, to interrupt, but yeah, it, it wasn't a huge, it's, it's just the whole concept of, you know, I want to be able to save when I want to save. If yeah, yeah, yeah. someone knocks on the door, or if I have to leave, then I want to be able to save manually. But I think we, that, you know, it should, you should be able to, to do that. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a huge issue in that game. The checkpoints were enough, but I would have liked some uh, manual save points as well. Um, the narrator didn't bother me so much. I thought he mm. might, but for me personally, I, um, so you mentioned as well that, you can't uh, skip dialogues, which for me usually is another cardinal sin that I yes. think you should be able to skip dialogue. But again, it didn't hugely bother me. He did talk a bit much, you know, it was like when he starts repeating. Yeah, um, and, and it was a bit like, okay, just let me. Yeah, it would be like, nice to be able to skip then. It's like, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, there is an in-game hint system, which I appreciated. Yes, that was great. Yes, because if you were stuck as well. And also like in um, other games that you had like different step, different tiers of hints. Yeah, uh, it doesn't give you the full solution. So I was like, oh, yeah, it can help you in the, uh, in, in the right direction. But another reason why, I mean, I did really enjoy it. It's probably the most, one of the most original games I've ever played. Or oh, it's not sure. the most original because it's, I can't remember any other game, adventure or otherwise, telling me not to play it. Telling me. Yeah, <laughs> and you've got to sort of mess around with the actual on screen items. Yes. I'm just trying to think of the it's, puzzle. You know, like there's an exclamation as a word. Uh, yes. on, on, on screen and then you take one of those letters and you use it as like a to fix a broken railway track yes and it's just, just it's, all that kind of stuff really is, really yeah. invent and it worked for the most part it's similar i haven't played it, but i've heard a stanley parable might be yes, similar a little bit i think but it's i think it's i haven't it, played it's that game, so I it's not it's oh not yeah the, completely uh, different. i would say because it encourages you to actually mess about with everything on screen you know, nothing is just a, a button. Everything can be used to um, affect with something else, which is just a really cool idea. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that part. But there was one part where, for when I was playing it, it was in my top three, but towards the end, there was one puzzle. Without giving anything away, I don't know how you found, maybe it's just me, but you know when you have to bounce something on a particular spot to go to get another thing, top left corner? Um, oh, few, yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. I spent an hour on that okay, puzzle. Okay, I didn't spend that long doing that. Okay, so maybe it's just <laughs> me in this case. But even with, you know, because I used, I used up all the I didn't know what hints. you mean, though. I used up all, because I did the, the previous puzzle, and I thought, oh, this is interesting. So then with this, 
and you have to figure out. Even when I figured out what I was supposed to do, um, I still used up all the hints. I looked up a walkthrough, I looked video walkthrough, and I could not do it. Oh, and okay. Now, it could be just me. I am it also... Is, it <laughs> was hard, that part. I mean, we won't talk about too much because people away. don't know what we're talking about, but yeah, I know, fair but enough. Yeah, so that was one of the main reasons as well why I thought this is just frustrating because I wanted to finish the game. I wanted to quit the game. Then I thought any time a puzzle does that, I think it goes kind of too far into frustration uh, elements, shall we say. And so I don't know, but again, maybe it's just me. Um, but yeah, you didn't have... I didn't. I, I agree. It was a bit frustrating, but I didn't spend an hour <laughs> doing that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe that's for sure. That's not normal to spend an hour on that because I was no. I was able to do the puzzles, you know, okay, up until then, and then it's just like, wait, whoa, this has come from nowhere. Um, but yeah, no, great game. Definitely recommend people to to play it. It is uh, on many people's uh, t- some top adventure games list this year as well. Uh, so there is no game wrong dimension. So thank you, Laura. And uh, Thomas, what is your number three adventure game of the year? Because I know you have a top ten list. So. <laughs> yeah, I have a joint number three. Cool. Okay. Uh, kind of cheating, but I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you got pick one, Thomas. You kind of joint here. We've well, all yeah. chosen one. Well, I kept I kept switching those around, and I'm thought like, no, these had these are both worthy of the third spot okay we'll, we'll allow it yeah so <laughs> one of them is uh, Legis- larry wet dreams dry twice i thought that would be number one. Oh wow okay um we already talked about that one mm-hmm. well very well done and the other one is lost show of mr chartish oh mm. nice which we reviewed uh, a few weeks ago as well yeah which was one of the games that i bought on release because of the demo and Lost Show of Mr. Chardish is a walking simulator slash, yeah. <laughs> slash, <laughs> walking simulator slash. <laughs> so slash it's yeah, it's a bit, bit arcadey, but also not too much. It's, um, Mr. Chardish is a, a world-renowned theater uh, playwright and director. And um, you play a person who is going to the first theater that he performed his plays in a quaint British village. And the theater is in disarray, but it's still beautiful. And you uh, try to find a way in. And when you, when you succeed in that, you find, you try to find out uh, what has happened with Mr. Chardish. And among the things you find are masks and every mask you find corresponds with one of the plays he wrote and what happens is that if you find a mask and you put it on you get transported into the play and then you play a different kind of game and um it's just it's just gorgeous i just love love this uh love this game um it's not that long i think it took me four hours to uh, to complete it um it, uh, it's very emotional. It's very nostalgic. Uh, there are some surprises there. Um, it reminded me a bit of uh, going a bit of uh, of, of going home. Um, yeah, it's really oh, well gone done. Home, gone home. Uh, gone home. Sorry. Yeah, gone home. And it's almost as if like I was playing around in in a Van Gogh uh, painting. That's that's how beautiful it was. The uh, there is a very distinct difference between the scenes in the theater and the scenes in the place 
Um, and yeah, it just, uh, I really, really love this, uh, love this game. And uh, it was, as I said, it was one of the games that uh, got my attention through a demo because I was not aware of its existence before that. Cool, yeah, keep meaning to check that out. And just checking the demos that I played, the game that I played that was similar was When the Past Was Around. So it's not the same. I thought I'd play that game, but it's, um, it's a different game. So I don't know, just wanted to mention that. Um, and uh, also, I know your pronunciation was correct, Thomas, because it's Dutch, but for anyone else, uh, you mean Van Gogh, <laughs> the painter. Van Gogh, yeah. Yes. Van Gogh. For all of us, uh, everyone else, it's Van Gogh. But yeah, no, for you, it's also Van Gogh. <laughs> it's just that you can't pronounce it. Yes, exactly. That's but no one will know what you're saying. So yes. yes. So uh, we could spend just an hour. Throw, just try to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should it's spend the next. Hard. I think we should spend hard. the next hour talking about this, or should we continue? <laughs> well, I, I'll continue with my number two because Please. my number two is Call oh. of the Sea. Okay, you go, well, right, sure. we're, going to, we're going to number twos, fine. Let's okay, yeah. It. Yeah, well, yeah. we all did our number threes, right? Yeah, yeah. we've all, so, so yeah, so Thomas, your number two was Call of the Sea, so. Yeah, we already discussed that one, so. <laughs> uh, take it, you, 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 uh, you agree there pretty much that you yeah. like the Lovecraftian aspect of it without giving any spoilers. Um, yeah, the, the Lovecraftian aspect of a game is a, is a huge draw for me. Because even though Lovecraft himself was a very despicable human being, yes, unfortunately, feverish imagination gave mm -hmm. us a lot of interesting stuff. So uh, I love it how when um, other people take these concepts and these ideas and turn it into something truly stunning, like Call of mm. the Sea, and very um, original as well. It's very original, but also what it does with the source material. Uh, there are um, it it. it the game is 100% Lovecraftian, but also has a twist on the typical Lovecraftian themes that I highly enjoyed. Mm. So, uh, and besides being utterly stunningly beautiful, uh, I'm glad I was able to play this game. I couldn't, I couldn't stream it, but I was able to play it. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an utter joy to walk around. I love games where you have to discover things. And exactly. Every, yes. Every every scene was a discovery in this game, uh, the, and and then you're being guided by the beautiful voice of of Sissy Jones. Who mm. I mm. if you if you hadn't if you had told if you hadn't told me that it was Sissy Jones, I would not have guessed it. Oh, me neither. I had so no idea. That's how good she is. Well, I mean, I knew before, but I, I I forgot. Yeah. So yeah, that's why Call of the Sea is my number two game. It's another one of the longer games. I think it took me 20 hours to complete. It took me uh, less, but I used to walk I through. I, so. <laughs> yeah, I used to walk through on uh, two occasions because there were two puzzles that I uh, could not uh, finish. Uh, oh no, it took me nine and a half hours to complete, sorry. I was so, going to say, I was going to say, say 20 yeah, hours is wow. a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's like, all yeah, these long that's... games. It's just... <laughs> I was like, how long did you spend on the puzzle? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, 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 it's not nine and a half hours. So yeah, uh, so yeah, it was uh, incredibly cool to be in that. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. And also, the, the last thing I'll say about it is the, the length was perfect as well. It didn't feel too long or too short for me. It felt no, the, the length just right. Perfect. Yeah. And then you're constantly discovering new things and wanting to know what happened to your husband and his team. And you're discovering more about them through the notes. 
uh, similar to Gone Home in a way as well in uh, that part. So yeah, I completely agree um, about about that. And okay, so that's number two is Call of the Sea for Thomas. Uh, Laura, what is your number two adventure game of the year of twenty twenty? Yeah, my number two is Welcome to Elk. Um, oh wow! Yeah by Triple Topping, uh, which is another game that I finished quite near the end of the year, but these are games that I was like, <laughs> I wasn't able to get through in the year, and I was like, I actually think I'd really enjoy these games, but that's so that's why there's quite a few that uh, I didn't get through until the end. Um, and it's interesting, because I was thinking uh, There Is No Game would probably be second, mm. but actually, after playing Welcome to Wild Card, I definitely decided to put it in uh, ahead of it. And um, the idea, I mean, Joshua, I think you reviewed it, haven't you, before uh, yes. on the podcast quite a while ago. But uh, I'll very quickly go into the story. Very interesting yep. game. It's very unusual. Again, I've gone for quite unusual ones, I'll say. Um, <laughs> I wonder why. My taste. What, what does that say taste. about you? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it, basically, it's sort of set in um, this kind of Scandinavian, very cold uh, place, island called Elk, where... Um, a girl called Frigg uh, has just arrived. She's uh, going to be helping out the local carpenter um, and she's sort of getting to know the village as she does that as the days go by. It reminded me a little bit actually of Night in the Woods in the way that each day, as each day progresses, there's little things that you uncover throughout the village. You're talking to all the uh, local village folk and trying to learn more about their backstories. But the idea of this is that backstories are actually quite a big part of the game because it sort of weaves in so folklore and real life storytelling. A lot of the stories are actually based on uh, real life people and real life instances. Um, and sometimes it will switch to uh, normal sort of video mode and show these real life people telling this story that you've just experienced um, on the island as, as a sort of game. There's lots of uh, mini games as well that you have to do. Some of them quite dark. I would say it's quite mm. a dark game, even Definitely. though... There's lots of fun elements as well. I mean, this, you, it looks kind of like colorful and cheerful. Yes, and... that's yeah. So the graphic style is very interesting. So it's quite cartoony. It's um, sort of shaded and kind of bright colors. Um, but there's lots of very surreal moments. Again, there's a weird moment where you're with this guy Anders, who's uh, quite unusual, and he believes that uh, everyone has died on this island, and that actually that this is like some weird afterlife, and he's. He, he doesn't know where his parents are. So you have to, in one of the mini games, there are these two balloons, which he says are his parents' heads. And you have to take out these cutouts of like eyes and noses <laughs> and things and stick them on this balloon. And then he's like, that's my parents. Um, so it's very surreal. But I think what really got me was just the, the storytelling and the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really well done. The stories were, um, especially when you know that they were uh, real life, um, a lot of them, that, you know, this uh, story about, I mean, I won't give too much away, but there's a story about, you know, finding someone on the ice and what happens there. And I just thought it was, the writing was really excellent. Um, you know, every character has has a story to tell you and there's, you, you want to find out more about what's going on in this island and who everyone is. That The ending is quite unusual as well. It's I would, very it's unusual. Not an, anti, not an anti-climax though, but it did leave you thinking, what? What's, what's happened here? Definitely. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really... Uh, really well written, really sort of uh, heartfelt, if if a little dark. But I think that's that was perfectly fit in with the atmosphere and the kind of uh, location it was trying to sort of uh, evoke, really. So yeah, uh, genuine, very again, a very unusual game. But uh, I, I just really enjoyed the setting and the characters and the writing. I thought it was really well done. 
yeah, I really enjoyed it as well for all the uh, reasons you mentioned. It's, mm. I believe it's based on Greenland. So elk is supposed to be... That green, makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, it was cold, harsh, yeah. uh, desolate place. I'd love to go there, but... Uh, <laughs> so would I, uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully after after COVID, <laughs> we can do a podcast there, you know, from Elk. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, again, I, I, for all the reasons you mentioned as well, it's quite dark, but to use real stories as well, which really gets emotional at times. And I thought it's also beautiful the way it's done. Yeah. Um, and again, it's short enough. It took me about four hours, I think. Um, yeah. You mentioned that there are mini games, which were fun and some were dark as well. No real puzzles i remember but you know um unfortunately it also had just automatic saving which was a team for this past year and i'm really hoping in 2021 that i don't have to mention that as often because <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure people are sick of me saying it i'm sick of saying it but i really hope that there can be more manual saves anyway but yeah it was a, a really fun game but just to let people know that if you see the screenshots that you might think, oh, this is a fun, cheerful game for the kids. Yeah. It isn't. It it's, isn't. Although there is, uh, you know, there is fun to be had. And there is fun. some really fun. I mean, I Definitely. love that there's like one character called Sue who has a motto, which is out of beer, out of here. So like <laughs> if, if at any point she's out of beer, she just leaves. She's like out of beer, out of here. And uh, it's just like, yes, what a motto. Um, yes. But, yeah. So um, it's full of life. It's full of, you know. Definitely. You know, a lot of different love characters. went into making this game and one mm. of the best things i can say is that uh, mini games were not annoying that no, they were, yeah definitely not that they were fun even the dark ones that they make sense you know in in that game that it wasn't like oh i wish i didn't have to do this mini game it's no i never felt that at all yeah um, some i did more than one there was like a card game that i got really invested in and i i lost it once but you could keep doing yes it, so you can I keep did playing it. it yes yeah i did it several <laughs> times i really enjoyed that so yeah it's um, some great characters around. in the in that game yeah. as well so yeah, no, that was kind of a surprise as well. Um, welcome to Elk. Um, so that was your number two adventure game of the year. So, well, my number two adventure game of the year is also uh, a scandal or set in Scandinavia, is Roki, uh, which you review in this podcast, Laura. It is, um, again, so I'm not going to go too much into the story, but you play as this young girl who's, uh, not son, whose brother has been kidnapped by this, a big dark monster and you go into this fantasy world to try and rescue him and then you go to this forest this snowy landscape you meet all these other scandinavian mythological creatures and you have to solve puzzles you have to help them to wake up the the guardians of the of the forest and try and get to save your brother and I, I, again i read this is the first game i believe from polygon uh, treehouse and I saw it first at Adventure X 2018, and I spoke to the developer very briefly, and I was like, wow, I have to play this game. It looks beautiful. And I love the snowy landscapes, and I loved, um, I loved the story. I was really invested in this girl's journey to try to find her brother. And uh, the voice acting was interesting, which we spoke of very briefly, that she just kind of did some, what do we say, grunts? Just noises that... But she says words sometimes so, as yeah, well. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Lars. Yes. She'll say one or two words, but it, I think I've seen a couple of other um, adventure games go down this route as well, of having the voice actor mm. just say a couple, really, like yeah. the beginning of lines or one or two lines, because it obviously um, halves the work that they, yes, the time they need to be doing it. <laughs> yeah. I, th I thought it overall worked in this game. I thought it was very yeah. cute. I'm not saying it will work in every game, 
but you do have the full lines of dialogue um, at uh, you know, the bottom. Um, and again, I love the graphics. And also what I wasn't expecting was that this also, you know, without giving anything away, deals with loss as well and kind of moving on and, um, you know, some kind of heavy teams, but in a really good way. I think that this game could be easily enjoyed by adults and children. The puzzles might be too hard for children, some of them, but I think adults could certainly play this game with children and discuss the teams with them. They might enjoy the different mythological creatures or some trolls there as well. And it's a relatively long game. It took me about 12, 13 hours. The puzzles, um, they're challenging enough, but not too difficult. And again, you get this item using with this other place. It's a very, you know, it's a relatively big map but thankfully you can um use a quick map in the game which i really appreciated and i really again not spoiling but you know the final section where you have um uh two characters who are in a section but they don't know that each other is there and yet they still help each other i really like that yes um, that was a great really well yes really i have well one of my favorite sections of of the year probably two slight reasons why it's not my number one <laughs> uh you probably guess no guess. Manual saves. <laughs> uh, now to be fair to the game though it does save in different uh rooms if you go to a different location so that is one way around it but there was one time which you mentioned your review laura during one puzzle yeah. and it also crashed on me <laughs> oh no! so i had to replay it then as well i thought if i could have saved this would not have been an issue <laughs> But, and then also the ending is not bad at all, but I did feel a little slightly underwhelmed that it's a, you know, again, it does tie everything up. So it's certainly not bad. It's not frustrating. But after, personally, when I play a lot, relatively long games, I do kind of like to sit back and enjoy, you know, kind of an end scene. Now, I'm sure it might have been reasons, probably budget reasons, maybe why. Uh, and of course, I think it's probably the right decision developers put most of the budget on the actual game. But I, I did feel, okay, kind of like, is this it? Again, it's still not bad at any point. It's still my second favorite adventure game of the year. Um, but yeah, those reasons are two reasons why it's not my number one adventure game. It's still definitely, definitely worth checking out. I definitely highly recommend this game. I absolutely loved it. Um, and just nearly everything about it, you know, the puzzles, the, the exploration, you discover things, the characters, the story. And it was ca kind of emotional as well. I think uh, it's really, really well done. Uh, so that is Roki. And now we get to number <laughs> one. So this what is uh, your number one, Sir But to know my number, probably people can guess. Uh, it is Beyond the Steel Sky. It's um, now, to be clear, it's not perfect. I know that um, I probably like it more than maybe a lot of other people. You know, there, I know, Laura, you know, we both reviewed, we both discussed it. Um, and uh, now when I played it, there were still bugs in it, but that was, I played a pre-release version and I believe now all, if not most of the bugs, or if not all of them have been resolved because don't believe there are any bugs when you played it, uh, Laura, you didn't notice any. No, I, d I didn't notice. Which is great. Uh, they've also added a commentary mode now, I believe, and they've also added a tutorial. That is, of course, from Revolution, the developers of the Broken Sword series and Breach of Steel Sky. But again, very briefly, I spoke about this before, but you play again as Robert Foster. I believe it's uh, 10 years after Breach of Steel Sky, and a child in your village has been kidnapped. You then have to follow him. You go to Union City, and you have to find out what happened to him. And uh, so I really loved this game. I loved uh, the story. It kept going forward as well. I was really invested in, you know, what happened to this child. I loved 
the character Robert Foster. And then, of course, when we do eventually meet Joey, his robot companion, the dialogue was as funny as always. Um, and overall, and I love the whole city, what they did with the city, that you could actually explore it. And, and again, there was a lot riding on this game because this, uh, I believe, was co-financed by Apple for Apple Arcade. It was one of the main games uh, for Apple Arcade. So again, Revolution had to make sure that it was good. And, um, and, and again, it was a, a sequel to a beloved classic, which was in 2D. And so this game looks almost completely different. It's in 3D, direct control. So it looks very different. And it's not the first time Revolution has gone 3D. You know, the 3D with Broken Sword 3 and 4 to, I would say, probably mixed results. But in this case, I love the graphics. I love the, um, uh, the 3D graphics. I think it really does take the genre for I love 2D as well. But I think in this case, when you can explore the city, the way you do it in this 3D, I really, really enjoyed, even though maybe some of the character expressions might have improved a little bit, but overall, I really liked it. I played with the controller, so I didn't have any uh, problems with the controls. And regarding the graphics, there were times when I just stopped and took screenshots just to, just to admire the, the background scenery in particular. And I also liked how they managed to reference Benita Steel Sky. Um, so because, you know, there are other other times and other games that, you know, if you compare, to, say, to Broken Sword 5, which I really did enjoy, that did seem to be more like a game for fans. Like, oh, look at this character appears, and oh, look at these references. But this game, in Beyond the Steel Sky, I thought it felt more natural and organic, the way that they referenced uh, events that happened in Beyond the Steel Sky and how that became part of the story and the puzzles as well. Um, some really interesting characters in the game. I thought as well. Now the puzzles as well were fun, which we discussed as well. That you have to use the hacking um, things. Well, probably, but maybe over relied a little bit on that. But it's still really a lot of fun. You didn't have to even uh, do it for puzzles. You could just, um, you know, I, I spent. I don't know about you, Laura, but I went around just unlocking places and locking places at times. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and that was nice because it was quite an open. I did like that sort of open feel to it. Yes, and Charles Cecil, when he was on this podcast and he said he didn't want to make it as uh, mini-games, that he wanted to make it organic, which I think he did succeed in. Now, again, we also mentioned that the virtual theater where all characters walk around uh, didn't completely work. I didn't find a huge you know, problem with it, but I know some people might. Um, it's also a long game as well, between it took me about 12 hours. Um, it also has, you know, in-game hint system, which is unobtrusive. It's in the main menu. You can save anywhere, uh, <laughs> so manually save anywhere. And also, I really like the ending. I mean, again, maybe doesn't always completely work, but I think overall it did. It, I got a little bit emotional at the end. Um, again, not going to say what happened, why. Also, it had a long, a relatively long ending scene as well, which I really liked. And uh, yeah, overall, I thought that the it's, it's, I would say, personally, that this is Revolution's best game since Broken Sword 2 and maybe since Broken Sword 1. I think those two games are still better. You know, definitely Broken Sword 1 is still the high point, not just for Revolution, but for adventure games in general. But Beyond the Steel Sky, for me, is close. And it's a great surprise for me because I was, I did have some concerns going in. It's like, oh, it's in 3D. It looks very different to Beneath the Steel Sky. Is it going to work? And uh, overall, I think it definitely does. I think with the story, the dialogue, with the gameplay as well, that I was completely invested uh, in this game all the way through. I was never bored. And um, a very small part, it could be nostalgia, but 
I think it still does justice to being to see this guy. It might not be quite as good in some aspects, or I think it did better in other aspects. But again, especially considering the pressure that must have been under to do justice to Benito Steel Sky and to make it one of the uh, top games for Apple Arcade, I think Revolution delivered. And if they make their next game, whether it's the next Broken Sword or an original game, kind of like this, uh, I would be totally here for it. Again, mm. not completely perfect, but for me, overall, it did definitely work. And I think uh, for me, that's why it is my number one adventure game of the year which is Beyond the Steel Sky. So uh, kudos to uh, <laughs> Revolution. Anyone who's played the game will understand that. Oh, uh, yes. Curious joke. Very good. Well done. Yes, um, I get it so, now. Yeah. So now, who wants to go next with uh, your number one game? I'm guessing it's going to be different for all of us. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it will be. I imagine it will be. Pretty uh, sure. Although I, d- I did start playing uh, Beyond the Steel Sky, but I didn't, I, I'm, I haven't played it enough for it to right. place just, in my uh, I think you just got list. to the city. Yeah, also just a minute, it's, I suppose the very beginning, I didn't mind it too much, but it might be a bit slow. And this is, I, I think they just about get away with it because this Dave Gilbert mentioned in one of his games, Blackwell games, that the first puzzle is an obstacle in Blackwell, the very first one. And he said, if you could go back, you would change it because it frustrates players. It's similar in Beyond the Steel Sky because you have to get into the city, but you can't, and that's an obstacle. I think it's done better in Beyond. But yeah, what I would tell people is if, you're, if you are kind of struggling beginning, just still trying to get to, once you get into the city, that's where the game for me picks up. Now, I still enjoy the first part, but, um, but yeah, I know some people might have small, you know, some issues at the very beginning. But, um, but I would say keep, keep going because once you do get into it, I think it does get, pick up and get really good then. Uh, but I know that some people did have issues with it as well, just to be fair and balanced. I know some people might have been disappointed with it. I wasn't. I was very, very pleasantly surprised and very happy <laughs> to say that I really loved it. So, anyway. I can uh, tell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so to stop me from going on and on about it, um, who wants to go next? Uh, Laura, Thomas? <laughs> I mean, I could go next mainly because it's one that we have mentioned. So my okay. number one is uh, Roki, oh. um, which uh, was uh, sure she's a number two. Roki um, by Polygon Treehouse, um, which, yeah, I, for many of the same reasons, I suppose the thing is the saving thing didn't bother me so much. So that's probably another reason why it went up in my estimations a little bit. Um, but I just thought I really, really enjoyed... Uh, the storytelling again. I thought the soundtrack was excellent. Um, I thought the sort of lore, the the folklore that you encountered, uh, the sort of Scandinavian folklore, which mm. you don't see loads in in games, um, but I thought that was a really nice thing to sort of uh, explore. Um, but yeah, I uh, I enjoyed that. I thought uh, the main character was excellent and sort of really interesting to sort of uncover her story um, around with her family. Um, but yeah, I just thought I enjoyed all the characters. I thought they were really sort of well, well made and kind of really interesting to discover all these like creatures, like you say, the trolls, um, that, that sort of weird giant that sits in that huge sauna, um, all these guardians. I really enjoyed like exploring that world. Um, Very, very Scandinavian. Yeah. A weird giant sitting in a huge sauna. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Yeah. All these kind of things that really made the game feel more alive for me. Um, but I, I thought it was told in an excellent way. The puzzles themselves, um, 
were really satisfying. I didn't find any of them. They weren't too difficult. I think, as, as you mentioned at the end, that whole sequence where there's two characters and one is changing, um, you know, a part of the location for the other one to then take from. And, and you know, you're having to work, you switch between these two characters. Um, yeah, that, that was just really inventive. And that, that's why I felt for the whole of the game, really. It was a really inventive game, really well told, nice, uh, really sort of chill uh, sort of atmosphere, but still, again, a little bit dark as well. There was some dark moments yes. in it. Um, and but yeah, all throughout, I just the, 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 I enjoyed. There wasn't a part where I was like, oh, I'm getting a bit bored of this now. Mm. We kept throwing different things there, new characters. Uh, like I said, the soundtrack uh, was really well done, and um, yeah, it was just a really interesting world to inhabit, and the puzzles were enjoyable. Uh, as well so uh, I, for me it just kind of ticks every box uh, it was you know it was a little bit weird but it was the storytelling was quite uh sort of inventive and and the characters were cute but not too cute they weren't annoying um yeah I just thought it was a, a really cool uh it, you know indie adventure game that kind of I mean I I, I played a, a little bit of it at Adventure X and it sort of uh, piqued my interest then, uh, but it, it's really grown from that. I thought uh, the demo was great, but the, the game, um, you know, the, the, they just had so, they threw everything at this game and it, you know, it really landed. I, I just thought it was, it was really cool um, what they did with it. And I'd be really interested to see what, what they intend to do next. Cause you know, that was um, pretty good what they managed with that. There was so much pretty to good. it. But, <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I did. I really, I really enjoyed Roki. Yeah, so you seem to like uh, Scandi games. Like last I know, year, I was I mean, thinking that. Good, because last year, <laughs> I don't Whispers know what that Machine, is. I mean, to be fair, they are really good games as well, which helps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th this year seems to be like snowy landscapes. Uh, welcome to Al Crokey. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, you know what I think? I, I agree just about that. It's, and it's the first game as well. And the developers are, at least one of them is British. That he's not Scandinavian, so um, I'd love to know. That's know, allowed. <laughs> no, but just curious, why, you know, why he chose the Scandi mythological? Uh, I, I, maybe I'm just uh, into that kind of. You know, I, well, I like him, that kind for of the, for the for, developers for, to. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think I can understand though. It's an interesting world, isn't it? It's a, definitely. It's, I mean, it's definitely a good, I good place to sort of set adventure it's, games. It's not a criticism at all, but it's like mm, it's not yeah. as well known. Maybe that's another reason. Um, but yeah, definitely. I, you know, I mean, there's very little difference for me between Roki and Beyond. I mean, I could have Roki, you know, I was like, Roki's my favorite. No, Beyond, Roki. And then for the reasons that I mentioned, Beyond just about shades it. Um, but yeah, definitely. I would highly, highly recommend Roki. And as you said, Laura, as well, it's your favorite adventure game of the year. And well, well, well worth it. And yeah. Um, and as I said, I, I think even if you have kids or uh, you could maybe get them if depending on the kid of course if you wanted to show them uh this game that they might enjoy watching it at least play as well or at least might enjoy trying it as well yeah because uh, it is uh, for the most part it's dark but not you know it's like dark, it's, but in it's, the same way that like even something like monkey island has some dark moments yeah or even classic like, fairy tales like dark humor yeah, yeah classic fairy tales yeah uh, but it's not childish. I need to stress. No, no, it's no. not a kid's game, but it's kind of nearly, you know, I'd say appropriate for all the family, but definitely not a kid's game. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, so that is Roki is your number one adventure game of the year. And now we get to Thomas. I, I don't actually know what's your favorite adventure game. Last Neither of Us. <laughs> Desperados 3. <laughs> it is clearly <laughs> Fall Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Among Us. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, my uh, favorite adventure game of the year Ta-da. is Lucifer Within Us. Oh, oh cool. wow. Wow. Wow, I, I was not expecting that. Yeah, it was... Um, well, it's all very close. I mean, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, all, yeah. all these games could, could skip uh, sure, uh, position yeah. if they want to. Uh, but I chose Lucifer Within Us, another game that I bought immediately based on the demo. That was a demo that in, um, impressed me so much that I literally bought it the second it, it was released on Steam, played it uh, two days later uh, in the weekend. Uh, the only criticism I have of this game is that it's too short. Mm. I, really I wanted, that, yes. it was, I think it took me like five hours to finish, four, maybe even four. I wanted a lot more. Um, I hope a lot of people play this game because uh, it does end in a way that, uh, yeah, gives me hope that there will be a, a second part. And I just loved the whole. Um, yeah, you, you play a um, an exorcist. Um, yeah, an exorcist, uh, and you have to solve a murder. But because you're an exorcist, you, you have extra abilities. You can look into the mind and hearts of, of men, as in you can't read their minds, but you can sense their um, why their, their motives, like jealousy or. Uh, stuff like that and uh, you uh, try to solve the murders by collecting clues and interrogating uh, the suspects and then trying to find holes in their uh, statements and then confronting them and filling those holes and then yeah it was just um, I loved I love almost everything about it except the length Uh, I really wished it was uh, it was a lot longer I wanted to play a lot more in this world in this uh, and this style of gaming, it's it's a it's an adventure game procedural um, that has a supernatural twist in it, and uh, yeah, I yeah, I uh, I hope I hope we'll get a lot more from this uh, developer and from this uh, style of gaming in the future. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's great. I mean, I don't think any of us saw this coming. Like, this wasn't on our radar. What <laughs> um, did I had it as number one, or did the game in itself? Well, for, well, first of all, both. You know, like um, the, the game itself that you just said you discovered um, when you were when you played the demo, because uh, and, and I remember you mentioned Thomas last year when we were looking ahead to 2020, and uh, you said that you're, the game you were most looking forward to is a game you didn't know existed yet, a game that would surprise you. And it seems to me this game is probably at least one of those games that um there have been plenty of surprises plenty of those games, um, yes. because well, I, I, I i was not aware of call of the sea either no um, me neither that came relatively late and then you mentioned mr chardish mr chardish um, was was new <coughs> uh, there, there were uh plenty of games i mean there, there was again a lot of very very high quality games mm. um I, I missed a game like uh, Heaven's Fault, like the, the or, or uh, Unavowed. You know, one the one that one game that just blew everything away. Right. Yeah. But uh, in general, I'm very uh, very happy with the uh, quality of <clears throat> of the of the video games I've played, of the adventure games I've played, and a lot of these adventure games have potential to become franchises, which mm. uh, excites me. 
so uh, I hope to see a lot of these characters uh, that uh, especially the new ones that I met I hope to see them again in uh, in the upcoming uh, decade um, I think yeah no oh, great wow so that's and Lucifer within us which is Thomas's <coughs> excuse me yeah, we've been talking a while. Uh, <laughs> Thomas's uh, number one adventure game of the year. And uh, so thank you guys. So very quickly before we finish then. Uh, now, we, we have played a lot of adventure games. Uh, some of them didn't make our top three. I think it's fair to say that we haven't played all the adventure games because some got really good reviews. Um, one game that, uh, that people keep mentioning is Paradise Killer. Which um, which I have played. Have you finished playing it? Or have you I haven't played? finished playing it. I'm about three hours into it. It's oh, very wow. again a very unusual game. <laughs> <laughs> I see a pattern, but mm. I, I see a lot of you know websites that say it's their adventure game of the year or their game of the year that they absolutely loved. It. I played a demo. Again, it is very. It's, I think it was a bit too weird for me personally. I'm not saying it's a yeah, bad game. I'm starting to feel a bit like that as well. But I'm gonna I'm gonna see how I okay. feel at the end and see how I go. At the beginning, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Then it, you know, this. Sometimes yeah. it could be a little bit too much, but we'll see how we go. There's a, sure. It's a very interesting premise anyway, but maybe that'll be something I'll review for a later episode. Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't, uh, you know, as I said, when I played the demo, I thought for me personally, it's an open world detective game, which sounds cool, but I thought this is a bit too strange for me. But then again, a lot of other people really love it. Um, but then of the games that we have played, uh, just a few games to mention that didn't quite make the top three. First of all, Beautiful Desolation, which I mentioned, which uh, from developers of Stasis, which was Adventure Gamer's top game of the year. I still have to play that game. Uh, but overall, me and Thomas, we really enjoyed it. Now, they have improved it since the, then. The setting was fantastic. That is yes. one of the most original settings I've played. Oh, like in... post-apocalyptic South Africa. I was here for it. And voice acted from every... Um, character and since then because I know one of the criticisms we had was that there was no task bar or no uh, what is it uh, list um, that no you quest could log. have no quest log like Disco Elysium but I believe they have added something like it now so okay. now probably be really the best time to play it and for me um, that w I thought would be sure be my top three would be Cloudpunk um, again it's um, uh, you know imagine if you in the city of you know Los Angeles and Blade Runner, but you're flying in the, uh, in the um, hover cars, and it's kind of like a, uh, so you, you play as you, this kind of kind of taxi company, but delivery company, so you deliver these things, but then there's a story around that, you meet these different characters, and I love the setting as well, I love the, the story and the different characters that you meet, I did review it before, um, my one issue now, the developers have since uh, improved it as well, because I had an issue with the camera angles, during the walking sections, but they've since improved that. Um, but my one issue was that there were no real puzzles, especially in the walking sections, um, that I thought was a bit of a missed opportunity. But overall, I still absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, uh, I just started playing that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, compared to another uh, cyberpunk game, this has no bugs. Uh, this is less <laughs> hyped, but yeah. I think maybe just, well, I said I had some issues, but I really, really liked it as well. So be curious to know what you think, Laura, when you uh, play it. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll see. I'll definitely at some. Let point us know. Yeah. Um, also, Don't Not had two games as well. Probably the better game is uh, Tell Me Why, and then the other game was Twin Mirror. Not quite as good. I think it's definitely not as good as uh, Life is Strange, which was a bit of a disappointment, but still, you know, okay, not terrible. 
Uh, but do you guys have any uh, games that uh, didn't quite make the top three? I know. Uh, I, I have about 20. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> can we limit it to one or two? One, yes. yes. <laughs> or one. <laughs> or one. So, Laura? Uh, I was just going to say At Dead of Night, which was a, a very interesting horror FMV uh, title. Uh, yes. Obviously, I reviewed it, but I thought that was really, there were like one or two flaws. Um, with sort of uh, getting people to understand what it was they, they had to do a little bit with the sort of tutorials and things, but actually, you know, the kind of blend of live action and, and graphics and, and the sort of immersive experience of you being chased by this villain, Jimmy, who is terrifying. He chases you around this hotel um, as you try and you know, figure out what's, what's going on. Um, this sort of psychopath uh, character, very well done. And it was scary and it was, um, you know, really terrifying playing it. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed that game. Very, again, quite uh, unusual premise and really well done in terms of just, it really felt like you were sort of going around the hotel in The Shining or something and this psychopath was uh, following you around. So yeah, I, I really liked that one. It was uh, a good scare. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, yes, I remember you reviewed that. Yes, I'm still not sure I'll be playing it because no, it's it's <laughs> definitely you've got to steal yourself, and that's what I. But for people who do like those kind of games, it sounds yeah. like it's really good. And uh, thank you, Laura and Thomas. Uh, any one? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean What's one? It? So I have to choose between the Blind Prophet, Willie Morgan, The Hand of Glory, The Complex, Summit of the Wolf, Virtual yeah. First. I have to well, choose between all those. Well, there you've mentioned them all now, so you They're just pick one all, of those so. to mention. <laughs> yes, we, we did uh, Hand of Glory Part 2 was also released, which I believe all three of us played. We'll probably review yeah. maybe next time. Yeah, we'll review that next, uh, future, next episode, yeah. Uh, whenever that is, because uh, it's going on for a, quite a bit now. So, um, yeah, they actually were released in the same year, although it felt like there was a year in between. It's I know. Did, because didn't of, it? uh, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so... Okay, well, I think that is it. So just, again, our number one adventure game of the year. For me, it's Beyond the Steel Sky. And for you, Laura? Uh, Roki. And for you, Thomas? Lucifer Within Us. And uh, then very so, quickly, are you, yes, are, uh, are you guys playing anything? Now you mentioned, Laura, you're playing Cloudpunk and Paris Killer in a few games as well. Yes, um, those, mainly those, but, you know, there's always stuff in the background going on. And but, yeah. people can, can see you stream some games as well. Uh, oh, yeah, so uh, just twitch.tv forward slash up. Very good. And Thomas, who's yawning. <laughs> <laughs> Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash genlock36. I am uh, currently playing Beyond the Steel Sky, finally. Very yeah. good. Um, I also started on Fallout 4. Uh, Going to be playing that uh, on and off. Uh, nice. And got plenty of other stuff there are. <laughs> to play. <laughs> Yes, I am playing. You guys will be happy to know, particularly you, Thomas. I am playing Disco Elysium. Yes, I know one yeah, year later. Disco Elysium is releasing a uh, definitive edition or something like that. Yeah. So yes. that might be a good moment to jump back into it and try some new stuff with that game. Yeah, no, I know one year late, but as I said, we are in lockdown again at the time recording in Ireland. So I thought, well, best, best time now in January when I can't go anywhere to play this. Uh, and I, I'm enjoying it more the second time than I'm playing it. And I, I enjoyed it back then, but I'm enjoying it uh, now as well. I'm really now more, it feels like I'm making more progress because it was a bit slow at the beginning, but I feel like I am making more progress. So it's um, such a good game. Such so, a good game. Now, ne next week, I don't know who I'll be joined by. I'll have to see. It'll be episode 99. And then the following week will be our 100th episode. 
have we got a treat for you? Yes, yeah. so we have a very special guest that Thomas and I spoke to this person. Uh, fortunately, Laura couldn't make it because you hate us. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, could, you were believe, working at the time. Uh, and uh, it is a very special guest. It is a legend in the industry. So looking forward to uh, uploading that interview. Yeah, and um, if you're a Patreon, you already could yes, listen to it. Yes, because on patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast uh i have uploaded that episode uh, so if you want to know before anyone else what um you know who who that is and you can check that out uh there and also some other extras you get these episodes uh before they go out on fridays you get other extra episodes such as spoiler specials that i've done with developers of interrogation of techno babylon and number of other episodes as well developers who go deep into spoiler specials and you know, spoilers with um their games and uh yeah then we, the three also probably be back for episode 101 where we'll be doing something <laughs> um, <laughs> <Probably>. okay <laughs> uh yeah we'll be back playing a uh, reviewing adventure game yeah. so thank you guys anything you guys would like to mention before we finish this epic episode yeah, I, w- I was wondering what are your uh adventure game uh Re- resolutions? Oh, no, resolutions? Um, resolutions. Stop saying resolutions. <laughs> yeah, resu- I, that's the word I was looking for. That's <laughs> <laughs> was just what? blanking there. Sorry. <laughs> One of mine is to try and get through a little bit of my backlog. Um, play some of the older adventure games, which is going to be difficult, especially now that I'm playing Disco Elysium. But to try and <laughs> get through some of the games I've been meaning to oh, play. Oh, this Coliseum is for 2019. We're in 2021. So I'm so. getting through my backlog uh, with that. Um, but yeah, then just keep keep playing it. Uh, keep playing adventure games. Yeah, I don't know you. Keep Laura, playing any? adventure games. Great exactly. resolution. Exactly. <laughs> Great resolution. <laughs> yeah. uh, try and get through my backlog. At the end of an episode. Um, well, just yeah, I would agree. Like, try and dip into more of the classics. Get some of them done because mm. there's loads I haven't. So yeah, that would probably be mine. Cool, and you, Thomas? Uh, try and play more. <laughs> yeah, wow. I think that's all of us. I really, think that's what it? we all want to do. So <laughs> maybe we can aim for one game, a, one game a week. We can try, depending how long the games are. Yeah, that depends. is true. That is true. Yeah, this we can aim for the moon and <laughs> aim for the stars and end on the moon. So. If I can get Disco Elysium done this month, I'll be I'll be happy. <laughs> Um, so so thank you very much guys it's been a pleasure and uh, thank you for listening as well and uh, yeah this podcast will continue we'll be going over 100 episodes this year it's amazing so okay so uh, enjoy here we go people enjoy that episode let us know what you guys think uh, listening uh, what your favorite adventure games are I'll be happy to read them out in the future episodes so until then uh, take care everyone goodbye bye bye keep on questing Thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. 
and we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a Venture Game developer or a Venture Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it. And you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com. So until next time, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you.